Welcome to Under the Hood Podcast. In this podcast, we pop the hood and give you an inside look at the hows and whys of our ministry here at Cornerstone Church. I'm Michael Knave, your host. Welcome to this episode, and today we're going to talk about one of the very most important aspects of your spiritual health and journey. As Proverbs 13, 20 says, when you walk with wise people, you grow in wisdom. But if you're hanging out with fools, you will get hurt. The people with you are indicating your health and they're a part of your journey. And today, to help me with this conversation, I have our very own Jay Gunn in studio. Jay, welcome. Oh, thanks, boss. Good to be here. So, hanging out with fools, that's why I'm here today. Wait, did I tie that too closely, you too quickly? Oh, I, I should have put just a little bit more space there. A little more space. <laughs> Jay, you are so fun to have part of this conversation. Um, now, before we jump in and talk about community and connections and friends and how they are part of your spiritual journey, g- give us a, a, a quick profile. Like, who are you? Where'd Ooh. you come from? Your family? Yeah. I So, Rachel and I have been married 20 years in June. So, yes. Uh, June 7th, we'll hit number 20. Nice. An amazing woman of grace and peace and forgiveness. Uh, three kids. Jeremiah's about to graduate. By the time you guys listen, he will have graduated. Mm-hmm. Sydney's going into high school and Chloe's seventh grade. Um, man, oh man, we've been part of Cornerstone since right before the pandemic. The first communication I ever sent you, I sent an email in April of twenty. And said, I apologize. I might be the reason for the pandemic because uh, I had been praying for God to do away with your greet your neighbor time. Yes. And he did away with yes. it all. Uh, and that was my my first uh, dip into communicating with the lead pastor of Cornerstone Church. And it's been downhill it's from been there, right? Downhill Something like that. Ever since. <laughs> well, you are our director of all things groups. Um, as I'm talking about people and, and how they play such an important part in your life, why are you passionate about community and groups and s- spiritual community? Mm. Oh, man, I think the biggest reason is because I went for so long trying to isolate myself mm. try emotionally, uh, not necessarily physically. Yeah, not necessarily physically, because I've always been... Uh, try to be the life of the party guy. I've always, I've always quick with a joke or a quip, yeah. or, and that was a defense mechanism because after my parents got divorced when I was a freshman in high school, you know, my heart was broken. Mom used me as a confidant, and so I couldn't really mourn. So I just put that shield up and I put my mask on and I just turned into smiling guy. And after a couple decades of that, I realized I was broken and alone and sad and. And part of that reason was because I didn't have anybody that was that I let in my life. Yeah. And so the reason I'm I'm passionate for community now is that I see it. You know, those of us who go through trauma like that and and the same ways we react to them, it's really easier to see when other people are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. That uh, we go through life and it's just a scary thing opening our lives up for other people to to step in. Uh, that uh, that opportunity for them to to hurt to to wound, uh, and yet without opening that opportunity, we're n- really never gonna. I don't think we're ever gonna achieve 
what Jesus has for us in our lives unless we walk through it with other people more than just an arm's length away. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's that's really good. Hey, f- for for years I have said if you don't get connected, like if you don't find your people, if you don't get those really important relationships, um you you'll be gone in a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um you know, people still come to church generally yeah. for the first time because of what happens on the weekend, you know, to engage in worship with a crowd of people, to hear the teaching of God's word, to be part of something bigger than themselves, but they stay because of relationships. And I've seen that anecdotally, just yeah. people who never got connected and then, then they just faded away. I've seen it in church studies. Why is that so telling, so predictive of somebody stays because of the connections they make in their local church? Well, sure. Because if you're not connected to the people around you in a church, something's going to happen that's going to make you feel uncomfortable, uh, get you angry. Uh, boy, we've uh, you've walk the gamut over the last couple of years of of making people angry that are in the seats. Uh, man, I, I have too. I've had a cover, couple conversations like that. And I think if we don't have an anchor of deeper things than mm-hmm. what goes on on Sunday morning, then like a ship on the sea, if we don't have that thing anchored, we're going to just pick up, set our sails and go somewhere else be, that hasn't hurt us, that hasn't made us uncomfortable, that oh, their their music is similar. Uh, this guy can can preach pretty well too. Uh, not a, not as well, of course, because we got the best around. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah good yeah. save, good uh, save. <laughs> but that's it. It's and also you said they'll be gone in in three months. I, I think it's not even just a physical gone. Uh, there are people who are gone who still do come and enjoy mm. uh, what's going on on Sunday morning, but they're kind of checked out in the in the rest of life. Man, I know I was. I, that's the story of my life enjoying the public things and not willing at all to dig into what's underneath. Hey, here's here's a neat personal experience just this week. Uh I was at one of our one of our our small groups mm. and it was so fun to listen to them and and the way it worked out it was they were processing through a sermon. They were doing the sermon, oh, you cool. know, reflection yeah. on a sermon I didn't preach, which which made it easier. <laughs> it's really right. weird when the preacher's sitting there for a small group. Yeah. So I, I was working through the the sermon that Nathan preached recently and as they did it was so encouraging to hear them processing together what they'd learned and what they still had questions of. Mm. You know, just like you said, you you could show up every weekend, but really not be connected, really not be growing because it was like, okay, I did it. Check. I'm out. Yeah. And yet when we have the, those discussions around uh, that teaching, uh, then it, it really does begin to lock it in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, give us a peek in. Like, as you're writing those questions mm. for a sermon discussion, what, like, what, what are you hoping to, to lead people through? Oh, yeah. I want people to to dig into what was preached, yes, to understand a little bit more about what was preached. Uh, also one of the reasons I love doing the warehouse podcast mm-hmm. too, helping people mm-hmm. get there. But more than that, is this issue of flinging open the 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 doors of your life, of your heart, and seeing how the gospel can be applied, seeing how the Holy Spirit can get in there in those hard places when I've got a sin issue, when I've, when I've been hurt and I don't want people to, to come in, when, I, you know, when I'm confused about something, when I'm upset. Nathan's sermon was a great, uh, great illustration of somebody who it may be struggling with doubt, 
but man, scared to either talk to somebody who doesn't know Jesus about it because I don't, I don't, I don't really have faith in the Bible because I've never dug in, or people on the others that that are struggling with their faith because of that doubt, uh, and to give them another chance to talk with each other and realize we're not the only ones who've struggled with this. Uh, we're not the only ones who've wondered this. That I, I think Thomas might be Thomas and Peter are my two favorite disciples because of how they have publicly shown some weakness. Uh, and I think that's it for me is uh, as we are weak and we share our weaknesses with each other, man, there we are, God making us strong with each other and yeah, through each other. Yeah, it, it was neat to see this this small group process together and go back and forth. They had some questions and some different perspectives and then somebody shared a note from a study Bible and it was just really yeah. neat to see them, them process yeah. together. And have shared journey and different perspectives as yeah. well. Did they also remark about how great these questions are and, and uh, props they to the one? But isn't that see? the beauty? When they don't realize how great the questions are, <laughs> but they see how wonderful the conversation Whoa, is. Oh, yeah. Nice. I'll, nice. I'll try to work that in next time I visit a small group. So you you convince me. Let's, let's say that I say, all right, Jay, I'll give it a shot. And I go to a small group. I'm I'm guessing that I might not like everyone in this yeah. group. I might not hit it off at least with everyone in the group. How many times do I need to go before I give up on this being my group? Yeah, what a great question because if it's a if it's something where it's oil and water, you know pretty quickly. But on the flip side, there's just that that missed connection because you know sometimes through no fault of our own, we just don't connect. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's nobody's fault. But man, I think, I think trying something three or four times, you're really, you're going to get a really good inclination that, okay, that, that first time or two, eh, it was a little rocky. I was a little uncomfortable. They were a little uncomfortable. But I think three, four times, you can really get the idea that, oh, no, you know, these could be my people or these are not my people. How about I ask it this way? Do I need to like everyone in the group for them to be my people? Mm, boy, we do think so, don't we? We do. Yeah, that that we we talk about us being family, but we don't necessarily talk about us being friends. Uh, and, and oh man, I just started watching The Chosen. Have you watched any of The Chosen? Limitedly. Yeah. I, so Rachel and I started watching. The first episode was a little slow, but one of the fun things that is extra biblical that's in there that I think is so neat is the tension amongst the disciples as they're following Jesus. There was one one in particular where Peter is with Jesus and he's like, you know, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be a good idea if you appointed one of us to, you know, kind of run the show when you're gone so that things go smoother? And he's like, you know what? There's going to be, a, Jesus is like, there's going to be a time for that. And you're going to play a big role, but that's not now. Uh, and that part where they were together but man, they're not friends yet. Uh, and I think there has to be a level of, there has to be a level of enjoyment. There has to be a level of care and there has to be a level where you're, you enjoy being with someone. But at no point do you feel like, yeah, I'm going to be lifelong friends with this person. So um, if I'm not looking for friends, what am I looking for? What is yeah. the role they play? Yeah. Uh, Proverbs 27 says that uh, as iron sharpens iron, mm -hmm. so one man sharpens another. 
so we our blades dull in this world, and we yeah. need somebody who's going to sharpen our blades. Uh, Galatians 6, Paul tells the, the Galatians to bear one another's burdens. Uh, we need somebody that when when we're struggling, that's going to come alongside and help bear that burden with us. That's I, I was counseling a lady a few months ago who was struggling through the death of her husband and her those first couple of weeks, her repeated line to me was, I just don't want to be a burden to anybody else. And so we just, I just hammered Galatians 6 into her that you're not just doing yourself a disservice by not letting someone bear your burdens. You're doing us a disservice as your brothers and sisters in Christ to bear that burden for you because that's what we're called to do. Uh, it, we, we, James 5 tells us we have to confess our sins to each other and pray for each other. So friendship is an awesome byproduct of community. But if you're in a place and you've shopped around and you just can't really find that lifelong friend, push through a little bit with people who you can enjoy being with because your your, your blade's going to dull and you're going to have a burden that needs bearing and you're going to have some sin that needs to be confessed. Yeah, I, I love how you're describing a shared mission, not just a shared hobby yeah. that, that we have in common. Oh, we do this one thing together and we know all about it. Yeah. But instead, a shared mission yeah. that then makes us partners in life yeah, uh, as as we follow Jesus. That's one of the one of the mottos I'm trying to start hammering into folks' heads. Everyone in a group and every group on the mission, mm-hmm. uh, the mission of helping people follow Jesus. Good. Oh, so good. Well, hey, jump to the other end of the spectrum. We have some that aren't looking for the lowest bar. Uh, some might right now sense the Spirit of God stirring in them to like lead a group. How, yeah. how, how, how do I become a group leader? Yeah. You feel like God is calling you to lead? Man, make sure you're attending that group. Find that group and attend that group. Talk to your group leader about what you feel God might be leading you to. That, man, you go, Jake Lingle's one of our group leaders, one of our group coaches. Hey, if you're in Jake's group and you feel it, go to Jake, talk to him. He uh, will hopefully feel really good about walking you through our leadership development process. You, you had Nathan on several episodes ago talking about the leadership pipeline mm-hmm. and walking us through what it means, what it looks like being a leader here at Cornerstone and how to deal with people and how to shepherd people in that, that eight to 15 uh, number uh, area. You, you talk to him, you go through that process, and then you get released Man, man, you're off to the races. All right. Give, give me those three steps again. I yeah. think it was three. Att- attend. attend a group. Yep, attend. Talk Ex- to your leader about what interest. God. Express yep. Express your interest. Go through the leadership development process. We have a book that we go through on the small group side. We go through five chapters uh, of a book. And as you're doing it, you're going to apprentice some, and that small group leader is going to give you the reins a bit and and have you lead some discussion. He's going to he's going to give you some folks to take care of, to check in on. Uh, and then when it's time, you're going to be released and uh be leading your own group. And then I, but I won't be sent out on my own. I'll you have will a coach, not I'll be. have help. Okay. Yeah, right now we've have eight small group coaches yeah. and, uh, who are coaching 80 leaders, but uh quite a few of the leaders are co-leading yeah, groups yeah. with people. And uh yeah, that, and w- that is one of the one of the p- issues that people have is like, oh, sure, uh, I might be able to lead, but man, I don't want to be out on my own here. 
Yeah, we're trying to build a community where the coaches are taking care of right. their leaders, so the leaders are there together where they can share stuff. And then as we have people who are apprenticing coming up, they're there they have that support as well. So good. So good. All right, as as we begin to wrap up, remind me again, why is it worth it? There's only so many hours in the day. Why is it worth prioritizing a community, a small group, those connections in my life? Why is that such a big deal? Yeah, because we have such uh, an overflow of fake community in our world. Uh, we, we can pick up our phone and we can get on six social media apps and shout into the wind. And as long as people are liking our posts and commenting back, uh, there is that like that endorphin rush that we get that, oh, I have community. Mm-hmm. I have community. Uh, we can come here and we have, we, we, I mean, there are, there are four greeters that come through the door bef- that catch us as we come through yeah. the door before we sit down that we think, yeah, saying hi is enough. Mm-hmm. And part of us playing defense with our emotions, we want that to be enough, but we know it's not enough. Uh, and to follow Jesus, I think it does require pushing through and building real relationships with people who are going to see every every dark corner of every room in the house and help help you sweep it through and let the Holy Spirit in to work and free and heal uh, and raise up. When I think of Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, you know, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Yeah. We we are quick to think that means sit in a chair for 75 minutes. Yeah. Okay. I didn't skip church. I fulfilled. Yeah. But I the even rest, took notes. I even took yeah, notes yeah, yeah, on the yeah. sermon. I was engaged. Yeah. But the rest of that passage says to provoke one another unto love and good works, like yeah. to exhort, to encourage, to call to. That's not yeah. sitting in a chair. Yeah. That's being engaged in the lives of those around us. Yeah. And so we can't just sit in rows and look at the same place. We must be engaged in each other's lives. Yeah. Absolutely. We can't do that without each other. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus told us right before he ascended that go make disciples of everyone, teaching and baptizing because the church has to get bigger because Jesus told us to go make disciples. Yeah. And the way the first church did it, what we see in Acts 2, we see that they devoted themselves to the teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And the the biggest part in my mind for them is that they were together. They had all things in common. Day by day, they attended in the temple together. They showed up on, on Sundays. Right. And they broke bread in their homes and received food with glad and sincere hearts. They lived their lives together. And it was more than just meeting in the temple. It was living this thing out together. As they were sharing the gospel, as they were getting persecuted and killed, they were there together. And they shared the model with us that we can go through this life following Jesus. But man, it's dangerous to go alone. We got to have each other. That's right. All right. Jay, thank you for joining me for this episode. And if you have been stirred by the Spirit of God to get in a group, you can right now text CFS Groups to 94000. Get a list of the groups. We want to help you get involved so you're not doing this thing called following Jesus alone. Jay, thanks for being here. Thank you, boss. 